I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, with a spotlight on the state of design in Colorado, part of the Wellness and Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. Colorado is America's playground, with four seasons, almost any recreational activity one can imagine, and a fun-loving, adventurous spirit. This draws a wide variety of individuals and an abundance of opportunities for crafting unique and spectacular design. With opportunity comes equal challenges from harsh weather conditions to extreme topography, but Colorado's pioneering spirit endures. This conversation features architect Kim Raymond of Kim Raymond Architecture and Interiors and Michael Rath, President and Director of Design Services for Trilogy Partners, both Colorado firms. We're talking about the frontier with extreme conditions, just about any activity you can enjoy and extreme building and design conditions as well. If you live and design in Colorado, this is a must listen. And if you're outside Colorado, hopefully you're going to be inspired. I think you will. I'm incredibly proud to partner with Thermosol on this initiative called the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. These panel conversations feature smart, innovative design thought leaders talking about issues affecting us all in the design business today. I'm working with Thermosol for a second year now, and I've had the opportunity to get to know Mitch Altman, third generation CEO of this family owned and operated business. This company was built on innovation. Their origin story is really impressive, and the products are innovative. They showcase not only the increased interest for wellness in today's groundbreaking design, but the need for smart showers, steam, and spa like luxury in the bathroom. If you're not incorporating smart, steam showers into every bathroom you design, you're missing out on the opportunity to increase the per bathroom budget and provide clients with something they desperately want. Enjoy this episode of Convo by Design and the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series featuring Kim Raymond and Michael Rath and the wild frontier of design, Colorado. By the way, are you subscribing to the podcast? If not, please do so you get every episode automatically when they're published. You can find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And now you can find us on designnetwork.org, a destination dedicated to podcasts, all things design and architecture. So make sure to check it out. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger, a progressive brand that was built on a promise to provide designers, architects, and homeowners with the right materials to do their very best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But it's more than that. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program that makes the specifying process simple with the support you need. They've been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. In 2020, I launched a series in partnership with Walker Zenger called The Showroom. This intimate interview series showcases some of the very best creatives in the business today. Please join us live or catch every episode recorded so you can enjoy it on your schedule. Walker Zenger is on the cutting edge of design featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. So check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online. WalkerZenger.com this is the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series for Combo by Design presented by Thermosol. 
I am thrilled to be able to do this. Uh, talking to amazing designers, architects, creatives from all over the country about what's happening in the state of design in their world, um, in, in their part of the country, in their little corner of their state, uh, mm -hmm. to find out how the industry is changing. Um, to talk about specifically design leadership as it relates to what's happening in the space and where the industry is going, and also to talk about the concept of wellness. Wellness is by far the number one issue that people have been talking about as it relates to design and architecture because we've been trapped, we've been stuck at home and people are starting to realize, well, they've realized and now they're starting to address all of the things that they've been missing. With that, I love this, Kim and Michael. I, I love that you've that you've joined me today. I really appreciate it. And I, for those watching, um, a brief background on you, your firm, and uh, and how you started and how you wound up in Colorado. Kim, I'll start with you. The first one's a, that's an easy question. I was born in Colorado, so one of the few actual natives. Uh, started in Denver, but family moved to Steamboat Springs when I was very small. And then shortly after high school, I moved to Aspen and I've been in Aspen since then. And it's been a long and interesting journey. I didn't start out thinking I wanted to be an architect. I was on the ski patrol for 10 years and loved that and realized that wasn't going anywhere. So I actually taught myself architecture, working in the summers for very talented architects. And then after I had enough documented hours, I got to take the test. And so I've been a licensed architect. I've had my firm for almost 30 years in Aspen, and it's just been an amazing, amazing go. So I started off the Lone Ranger, and I would do a few projects, and then I would travel, and I guided in the Himalaya, and I would come back and design another house. And I slowly started doing more and more with the architecture and the whole business. And um, probably five or seven years ago, I got serious about having a business and started really paying attention to growing a business and having a, a great team of designers, architects, and interiors people. So it's just been fascinating. And the, the market in Aspen is mostly where my work is, is in Aspen. I've done a few projects internationally and other places, which has been fascinating and very fun. And it shows you different design in different places of the world, which is kind of fun to try to then incorporate back in Aspen where you can. Um, but that's, that's our story. We've been in downtown Aspen now for the last, my team and I, for the last 10 years um, with a nice little office in town and just going after it. I, I love that. Um, welcome. And uh, Michael? Um, hello. Uh, Hi. Yeah, my company is Trilogy Partners, which uh, is a construction company. And then we also have Trilogy Design Works, which is um, a, basically a design company. And we've combined the two of those into uh, design build um, services. We uh, started Trilogy Partners in 1998. Um, the backstory of that is my brother and I worked in the motion picture business in New York City, and we had just finished um, one of many films and were totally exhausted. Our mother lived in Buena Vista. So we came to Colorado and we were going to spend, uh, you know, a month or two just decompressing. And uh, after about the first few days, we're pretty, I guess, ADD. We, we decided we needed something to do other than ski, even though I was a um, avid skier and so we looked for a house to remodel couldn't find a house to remodel so we bought a lot and, and built a house and uh 
worked our tails off, um, you know, but I just fell in love with working. It was very much like film and that you assemble a team and the end goal is product. And, you know, excellence is, is, um, is the high priority there. So we assembled our team, but this time we were working with architects and designers and, and plumbers and, and laborers and stuff like that. And a year later we got the house finished and um, it turned out really, really well. We sold it immediately. There was a, a little bidding war and we thought to ourselves, well, do we go back to New York? Because apparently we might be actually good at this. And uh, so, um, so in 2008 or nine, remember when we had the great recession, business dropped off precipitously and I had drifted more and more into the design side of things. And I'm not an architect, but I know what I like. And, um, and so that had always been my job is just to be um, more in charge of design and interiors and, and working with clients and that sort of thing. And during the recession, when things dropped off, I thought, well, what is the one skill that I want to develop so that the next time there's a recession, I have an advantage. And so what I learned to do was draw. And um, I, didn't, I didn't go to um, AutoCAD. I found this cool little program called SketchUp. And not knowing any better, um, I, I engrossed myself in SketchUp. I put in my, what is it, 5,000 or 10,000 hours or whatever that is. And I started building these complete models of these homes down to, you know, which uh, drawer the silverware goes in. And um, I... Uh, and so we've, we've kind of built our business around this idea of the house becomes this virtual home that we perfect in the computer. Um, now we're even doing structural stuff. So we designed the shell of the house with the architectural team, the floor plans and everything. And then we develop a model and, and we're incorporating, um, you know, the structural stuff, but also the visual stuff um, and all of the interior stuff, the furnishings. And um, there's some great new technology that comes along every year. So, so now we work with our client in a virtual design uh, environment and, um, and, you know, we can even use virtual reality and take them into a living room and have them look out the window and see the view of peak one from their, their house. So that's, that's kind of a little bit about our, our company. We, I started out digging a ditch and I ended up um, drawing and designing wonderful homes for great clients. That's that's fantastic, and I, and I love this because you're kind of taking me exactly where I want to go, and and you know this is this is more of a discussion, a conversation than a Q and A. So so please feel free to jump in, add on. Um, what I wanted to ask first, and you know, Kim, I, I can I can start with with you. Um, Colorado is a destination for so many reasons. It's mm -hmm. It's got a lifestyle unto itself. It's very, you know, I'm in Southern California and it's very similar, I think, albeit completely different, but still so similar in, in certain ideas about mm -hmm. lifestyle and living a certain way. And I'm curious, you being a native, being able to see, and, you know, we were joking at, at, the, at the start when we were talking before mm -hmm. about kind of like the, the influxes of Californians and New Yorkers into Colorado, it's happened a couple of times and I feel like another one of those, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's happening again. I'm curious, are you seeing that now? And are you seeing the, de the, the demographics of the state? Are you seeing things change a little bit? 
It's, it is interesting because <clears throat> lately, the last few years, and it's just really ramped up in the last year, we've had more and more people from Texas, all over Texas are coming. There's still people from the East that come, not as many from California. I think they've kind of moved on from Aspen and they've gone North. There's a couple other great resorts that people are going to. Um, I think a lot of people have in their mind that Aspen is just too expensive, but a lot of people from Texas, I think because they had a few friends and their friends came and then their friends came. And I think a huge portion of my brand new construction and major remodel stuff is from people from Texas. And they've been great get, to work with. Do you get outside of, of Aspen or, or is, is Aspen your, your primary work Aspen's area? Aspen's my, my primary place in the kind of the surrounding area, but I've done work in Utah and like all over the place, Florida, California, I've done work at a lot of different places. And then like uh, Michael was saying earlier, you get a client that comes here to have a house built or remodeled. And then they're like, oh, we love you. Can you come work on our house somewhere else? So I got to actually go to Ireland on one of those excursions and design a little house. And then I got to design a house for a lot in Tasmania. That was a very fun site visit. I want to come back to that. I think that's that's probably the most exotic uh, location I've I've ever spoken to an architect about designing. Uh, Michael, same same question to you. What what are you seeing uh, currently? Um, it's it's really interesting, and in that here we are in the middle of COVID, and you know a, a major segment of our population is is suffering economically, but. Um, this right now we are slammed. Almost all of the lots and all of the inventory for vacant land have gone off the market because people are deciding to hold just like you would a stock that you know is going to go up in value. And what, what we are seeing is people who had a dream and COVID and everything else that's gone on has been made them decide not to defer that dream. We are seeing I've got two couples, they're both doctors from two, two couples where they're both um, married doctors who have told me that, you know, Denver is great and stuff, but this home is about, you know, is about family. It's about maybe reevaluating things. One of the doctors is going into telehealth. Um, they, I'm not, Denver is a great town. Um, I, I love Denver and, and, and the culture, but these guys want to get up and out of town and into the mountains. And there's something about, they had this dream. It was going to be 10 years from now, but now 10 years is just too long to wait. Um, and, you know, lovely, lovely people that are really evaluating what the priorities in their lives are. And they're making this decision to, to leave, leave a more urban environment and, and come up to beautiful Summit County and play in the mountains and do that on a daily basis. It's so interesting to me because you're seeing this trend and it's, it, it's, it's really, it's fascinating to me that you're seeing the same thing happen in Colorado where you are. I'm seeing the same thing happen in California. We're seeing the same thing happen with designers uh, that I'm talking to in, in Texas and really all over the country. I think people have sort of with so much time on our hands, rediscovered 
new places and new things and new places to go and new opportunities. And, and with that, you know, Colorado represents, it's so funny before I hit the little red button, we were talking and, and Michael, you had mentioned that you would, you were working uh, in Hawaii and I said, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when the, when the surf's up, you know, it's hard finding people to work. And you guys told me something fascinating that there's, <laughs> what is this? The six inch rule, explain this. So in Aspen, it's been the six inch rule, whether I worked in other businesses or now in architecture, if it snows six inches, pretty much everybody in the office knows they can go skiing first and then come to the office and they can either work a little bit later or, you know, or they come in. My, I have one fellow that just comes in super early. So any day that he feels like it, his skis are in the corner in the office. Our office is two blocks from the gondola. He just grabs his gear and off he goes. And it, the thing that's nice about that is having that great break in the middle of the day and doing something you love and the fresh air and it just gets your mind more in flow when you get back to your office. It's always been a great thing. And then in the summer, if there's not a six inch rule, there's the sun shining. So we should go for a bike ride or that's kind of the nature of, especially in Aspen, I'm guessing it's very similar where Michael is, but in the resort areas, the whole lifestyle is so important to people that we are very flexible with our hours. It's like, here's the deadline, do whatever you want, but make sure you're done. And then we all have a great work-life balance in our, in our days. It's been really a great thing. Work-life yeah, balance. People definitely um, are, a lot of the people that moved to the, the mountains, you know, weren't necessarily looking for a, a, a job on Wall Street, certainly. They were kind of more, um, focused on a balanced lifestyle. There's no question about that. And I think maybe the point is we're finding people who might have otherwise decided to live in the city are also now reaching out for a more balanced lifestyle and are joining us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's really exciting for a lot of these people. It's, this is a life-changing decision for them. But, you know, I, this, this is kind of a plug for Summit County. I'm sure Aspen mm -hmm. is very close on our heels. But um, a, a few years ago, they did a study of the longest life expectancy um, in the US and there's Summit County and there was one other county came in at 87 years is our average life expectancy in Summit County. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a myth that we are happier and healthier. Um, it, it's, it's studies, studies support that. That's true. How is, how is that? It, and again, back to Colorado, because there is this wilderness, there's this exciting kind of getting away from urbanity, right? But now where we stand, what used to be a second home is now a first home because it's so far away and because virtual work has made it possible to do what you do from locations where you previously couldn't do it. Um, how has that changed what you're being asked for? from your clients. Are you surprised by anything, you know, seeing more gyms, seeing more spa-like bathrooms, increasing the, the wellness opportunities within the home, making homes more spa-like, adding steam, adding saunas, adding, you know, chromotherapy, all of these things that give you this spa-like environment, but also working on a home gym. And also, you know, maybe the open floor plan doesn't work the way that it used to work before because of how we're living now. I'm curious, what are you being asked for? Um, and has that changed in the last 10 months? 
Michael, no, you want to start? Sure, I can answer that. Um, Paige, who is my principal designer, and I were talking about that the other day. Because <laughs> people, um, a, a lot of our folks, so so Aspen and Summit are a little different. You know, Summit, so Aspen, you really have to want to go there. And I love Aspen. I've spent a lot of time there. Uh, we're we're pack, practically in Summit, a bedroom community of, of, of Denver now because we're about an hour away. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's not that far, but it's a completely different lifestyle. But in any case, um, we talk about these people who are creating these cocoons. And, you know, uh, one of the things that we do with, with our modeling is that we figure out how, how to fit more fit features in the same amount of square footage. Like, how big does your bedroom really have to be so that I can fit a gym next to it? You know, and so, you know, we're, we're, building these little mini health clubs into these houses. We're not building the houses any bigger. We're just shoehorning in all of these things like, you know, pantries and additional refrigeration, um, you know, all of, all of these things. So you can go the, in Summit County, you know, we talk about having, doing Costco runs. And so we do a Costco run and, you know, we have to go down to Denver and we do it once, you know, a month or something and come back with a whole bunch of food. These people are now going down doing their Costco run once uh, or twice a year and bringing back all this food and just stocking it away. So um, we, we are seeing a lot of that, that people who want to be more independent. Um, we're seeing more solar. We're seeing more people wanting to be independent or choose to be independent um, and not have to go to a health club. And, and basically the social event of the week is, is meeting somebody uh, at the grocery store. So. That's interesting. It's a little bit different in Aspen because Aspen, like Michael said, has been more of a destination. It's been a very high end resort for a long time. So many of those things we've been putting in houses for a long time, like the little mini gyms and, and a lot of those things. The biggest thing I noticed is that all of the second homeowners that maybe not all, but a huge portion of the second homeowners when COVID came, they came and stayed for the whole summer and enrolled their children in school here. And they never left. And the town was busier this last summer than I've ever seen it in the 38 years I've been here. And I think what a lot of these people are doing is adding a little more storage because their homes were mostly second home vacation homes. So now we're adding better closet space, creating a little place where there can be a quiet space for an office. Um, people are actually now that they're here full time and they're engaging in all the different sports and fun things to do. They want a bigger mudroom or more storage in their garage so they can have skis, two or three different types of skis and all these different bicycles. And there's so many things to do both in any of the mountains of Colorado. And so everybody just needs space for all of their toys. Um, the other thing we, I have noticed is people want better filtration systems. So they want air purification, better water filter systems. Um, but the other kind of spa stuff, they've kind of been asking for that for quite a long time. They mostly want to get here and be outside because we can still do stuff outside with COVID. You can still go hiking and skiing and, and, and still be safe. So it's, it's been, for us, it's been a sanity saver to be able to get up early and go skin up the mountain and then come down and go to work. Yeah, I, I'm sure it has. And it, I'm curious too. What what is the what are the restrictions like for, for you? You know, 
I try to think about how both environment, the, the basically site plans, um, regulations, things that you have to deal with just in the day-to-day work. Um, you know, here in, here in California, the regulations are just so high. It makes it so challenging and so difficult for architects and designers to do the job that clients are asking them to do. I'm curious, how restrictive are regulations in Colorado? Do you have the, the, the leeway to kind of do what you want to do? Are you, are you restricted by that? And then when it comes to weather, when do you have to stop working? Um, and can you work through a lot of these things as well as, um, I know I'm lumping a lot in here, but I'm just curious <laughs> as to how the business actually works, how logistics flow. I mean, getting product has been a challenge. Um, you know, even before the pandemic, we had trade issues, right? Mm-hmm. Which made it harder to get things. Um, and I'm curious sort of what you have to deal with that is, that is unique to Colorado. Kim, you want to you want to lead off? Sure. I, in Aspen, I think because we're even further away um, from the major hubs, we're kind of in this little kind of like in the center. So getting stuff here, we have receivers nearby. I mean, the property is so expensive here; you would never have a warehouse for someone to be a receiver in Aspen. So all of our stuff is thirty minutes to an hour down the road. But just getting the trucks and the semis to some of these receivers can be a challenge. And I-70 is the main interstate that goes through Colorado, east to west. And that's how Michael gets his stuff from I-70. And there's winter issues where the highway is closed. Just earlier in the week, one of those giant FedEx trucks ended up like in the river. I'm not quite sure how, but the highway was closed again. And my, my lighting engineer coming from Telluride had to go all the way through Steamboat to get here which added an extra five hours to his drive. Mm. And so there's some things like that that can be a challenge. The snowstorms that come in, close the roads. Um, with, with the pandemic, just supply has been so short, getting stuff just even to the country, let alone to here. So we, we've all just added a whole bunch of time to our timelines and telling, trying to manage the expectations of clients, like, well, we want this right now. It's not working. It's never worked like right now sort of thing, but it's even harder now. Um, I think the other thing that you asked was, I can't remember. sorry, I lost my thought on that other comment. <laughs> sorry. Well, it was about regulation. I oh, think. the regulations. Yes. Aspen yeah. actually has very strict regulations. They've been, they kind of pride themselves of being in the forefront of the energy code and massing and size and trying to keep people from just building these giant mansions that they use a couple times a year. So the, the size of the homes has come down, the energy requirements of how we actually create the building envelope to make it super energy efficient and all the different things. It's, Aspen is very restricted and has a lot of um, strict guidelines. And then we also, they encourage the use of solar and different types of um, natural resources. And you, they regulate by code that you have to use some of this stuff. And then if you don't choose to just do it voluntarily, they they impose these large fees. So it just makes more sense for you instead of paying the fee to actually put the solar panels on. So it's kind of a forced issue, but it works well because the air quality here now is way better than it was 20 years ago, which is leads right into your wellness thing. We, we design, we don't use wood burning fireplaces. You have the gas appliance, which gives you that warmth in the atmosphere. And it's super easy, click it's on. 
but you don't have with the inversions when the cold air pushes all the warm air down in these valleys. And there were days before when you could hardly see through the town because it was so foggy because everybody had their fireplace going. So that's really? where it's been a huge benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's been interesting that way. Nice progress in that regard. Yeah. Michael, what are you seeing? Um, well, we, uh, we are like Aspen. I think all these mountain towns now are vying for the, who's the most environmentally woke. Um, it, it, it's gotten to a point where, you know, we're starting to um, have, well, let, let, me, let me preface that by saying, I've been over building my home um, in terms of sustainability and uh, energy efficiency since I started construction. Um, and we, our houses are, are much more energy efficient even than they were back then. So we've always been efficient. We've always invested, to be honest, in superior design and superior construction um, and, and better homes since we've been in business. Um, but the regulations um, and codes, right now I'm building two houses in a town that has a zero net energy ready policy. And you know, since the 2018 building codes came out, the IRC, which are fairly restrictive anyway, um, requiring different R levels, R49 for, for roofs and, you know, R, what is it, 23 for, for walls. Mm -hmm. um, these homes are very well insulated and um, structurally incredibly well built because we have snow loads and we have like, in California that you build for earthquakes, we build for snow loads. Um, so we've been doing that, but, but at this point, there is some concern in, in some in at least that, that we're, maybe going a little bit too far in, in trying to make the, the houses too energy efficient. Because if you think about um, what you need to make a house basically um, consume more, uh, to consume more, no more energy than it produces, um, then you get into this equation of what are the cost of the materials that would go into the house and what is the energy, um, what, what is the price of, of, of the energy used to manufacture those costs. And so it's a, it's a bit of a difficult um, equation to figure it out, but yeah, there are. Um, and then in Aspen, um, I know this is true in Breckenridge. Breckenridge, we have a historic district. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you get one of those 1890 homes, <laughs> it's, you, you can change it, but um, you, you can't really change the character of it. So there's a lot of, things in here that are about historic preservation. Um, I mean, you know, I agree with Kim. This is all good stuff. That's why I moved to Colorado. I mean, that nostalgia of, of um, you know, Aspen is a wonderful place to visit because it's Aspen. It's got its personality and it's, mm -hmm. and it's you know, legacy and it's history and it's iconic. And Breckenridge has those same things and we want to preserve those. And, and I agree, the mega mansions, you know, there's, um, a neat film they did, uh, a short film, a, a kind of a comedy about, um, about Telluride and, and an area in Telluride called Mountain Village. And, and there are all of these, you know, eight, 10, $12 million houses in, in Mountain Village, but they're all not all un unoccupied, you know, these unoccupied mega mansions owned by people who have a lot of money. And, and the movie Spook was about where had all those people gone? Well, you know, we, we, we really rejoice, uh, I, I rejoice when our people decide to live here 
to build a home here and actually come and occupy it. You, mm-hmm. We want them to make the choice that this is their new home because we, I actually feel, you know, I get pretty emotional about the whole connection with clients and building and design and how it's a, you know, um, it, 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 it's a life decision we made. And um, I get excited when people say, yes, this is going to be where I live. This is going to be where I raise my kids, my grandkids. This is the most important place on earth for us. So that's what, what I, excites me about. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is it, you know, yes, we have codes, but you know, there's, there's a big upside to those um, regulations or restrictions. Well, and here's, here's where I'm going with this too. You know, another similarity that Colorado has with California is now more than ever. I mean, look, you've had wildfires forever Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're in a, when you're in a mountainous forest community lightning strikes, you're going to get, you're going to get fires. It's part of how it works, right? It's, it's the whole renewal process, but I don't think you've ever had a year like we've had a year. We've both, it's just been, it's been horrendous. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not just California and Colorado, but this is something that for the foreseeable future is going to be part of your new reality. Mm -hmm. Has that, has that changed the way those restrictions have they tightened up do you have new restrictions and when it comes to even more people coming in and those vacant lots even becoming more populous you know how how do your communities adapt i think in our rural areas cuz there's two things in town if a house is of a certain size they require that you have the fire sprinklers um, and now they're going to every year, it seems to get a little more strict that pretty soon, I think any house, no matter what size will have a whole fire sprinkler system installed. And that means you have to bring a bigger tap from the main line. You have to bring a bigger water line to your building. So that's been going on for the last few years, even before we've had kind of the more serious wildfire issues. But as the winters get more dry, we get more and more concerned, not just because the ski seasons aren't as great but there's not water, you know, to take care of the keeping everything moist for the wildfires. And we've seen more of that just in the last couple of years than we've ever seen in this area. The other thing we do in the county is if we have a house that's kind of out of ways, we have to create a huge water retention and just put it under the house. So they have their own like fire system, fire suppression system. Other, I did a pool one time for a client and we hooked it up to the fire hydrant. So if they needed it, they could just, you know, drain the pool. So they do more and more of that. They're requiring more of that, which I think is great. And they're also in the city. It's been a long time. You can't put wood shingles on the houses anymore. Um, You have to have some kind of a synthetic or metal on the historic ones. We do a lot of historic preservation and on the historic houses, you can continue to put the wood, leave the wood shingles or replace them those are the only buildings on those little Victorians that have wood shingles anymore. And the same thing is true in the County. You have to have far more fire resistant materials on the exterior of your house. They have a lot of those regulations and you have to keep like the brush and trees further away from your house, have this fire defensible area around your building. So this sounds, yeah, this sounds like something that is, um, that's even more prevalent in, in the design now, it seems like it's something mm-hmm. that has to be taken into account right away. So I'm curious, 
because, and you know, there, there is this connotation when you say global warming, it's not exactly, it's kind of a misnomer, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's climate change. And with climate change, you get more water, you know, El Nino's and La Nina's are, are more powerful mm-hmm. or the droughts are more significant. Yeah. Um, it just, it just makes it harder to plan. So with that, you mentioned, you know, reservoirs under homes, how, cause this is an interesting concept to me, the idea of, of harvesting rain and snow mm-hmm. to serve as it, now, are you doing these primarily? Um, I'm curious, Michael, if you're seeing the same thing, but are you doing these primarily uh, for fire suppression or are you also doing it for, uh, for other sources of recycling that water? Well, in, in Summit County, the city of Denver owns all of our water. So if it falls on our roof and it falls on the ground, ultimately, we, we have no rights to it. It will flow into a stream and eventually go into the reservoir. And, and, and Dylan and, uh, you know, uh, or, or um, Denver has, has the water rights. Um, but I agree, we're seeing more and more houses sprinkled now. Um, you know, I was part of a code commission I'm a big believer in, in making sure there's enough water, especially in these more rural areas to put a fire out, because if you can stop the fire um, source, you can stop the fire from spreading. I think like last year, there was a, a, there was a, a, a fire in Glenwood Canyon. I-70 runs through Glenwood Canyon. You come, you know, um, Summit County, then Vail. Um, and then Glenwood Canyon and Glenwood, and then you can get to Aspen finally. Mm -hmm. But that entire um, I-70 corridor, which is, uh, you know, one of probably the major, other than I-80 East-West corridor through the nation, was Mm -hmm. shut down because of a fire that was going on in Glenwood Canyon. Um, I think, you know, each year that goes by, a lot of Colorado was struck, some of the mountain communities, um, up around Granby uh, and Grand Lake were struck. We, and, you know, we feel like we have dodged the bullet. I'm sure that a lot of mountain towns feels like so far that they have dodged the bullet, but that doesn't mean that next year, you know, you know, won't, we won't have that fire. We're having a dry, um, winter. I believe Aspen is too right now. Very much so. You know, for all of us skiers, we sort of count, count the rain in inches of snow. Um, and we have not gotten a lot this year. And so, we, you know, unless we do, we're going to be thinking about what happens next year um, around a lot of the developments. And we don't have a lot more developable land because the federal government in, in one form or another owns a lot of these national forests. So we're, we're not seeing growth in, in, in terms of big developments. But with a lot of the existing communities in Summit, at least, um, the Forest Service, we this is a, a huge topic because we had this massive beetle kill um, that killed uh, hundreds of millions of trees. And now we have dead standing, standing timber. So if you throw a match out in our forest next summer after this bad snow year, it, it, it's, it's a tinderbox. And, but what the forest service has done is cleared around a lot of the developments and a lot of the mountain communities. They've cleared large um, swaths of these, dead standing trees as a fire mitigation. But, um, you know, I, 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 we had a small fire near Lake Dillon a couple of years ago and, and 
Um, I, I think we're all, you know, that's, we've, we've, got, we've got enough going on right now, but, but uh, we, we worry a lot about the fire and, and, you know, we've, we've tried as designers, like the, the wood roof thing, I totally agree. I mean, we had developments that the HOAs wanted, you know, this high-end development, everybody was going to share the wood shingle look. And we refused because we were like, if there's a fire, that it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we do the best we can to advise our clients in, 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 in how to build in a way and how to landscape in a way um, that they'll have a good chance when that, when that big fire finally arrives. I think, you know, just listening to you talk and when you say when, when that big fire arrives, I think it's important to note that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And, you know, being in Southern California and seeing what happened this past summer, it was just catastrophic. And, you know, I've lived here, I've lived here the majority of my life and I've never seen anything like it. That being said, I have family in Denver and we spend a lot of time up there. And and you mentioned Grand Lake. I've spent time there. Love it there. Um, And I recall this last time that I was there driving from Denver to Winter Park and seeing during the summertime and seeing just those huge swaths of brown mm-hmm. in between the green um, mm-hmm. where, where that, that beetle infestation has really just done such a number. And it's not just in and around Denver, it's like the whole state. And mm-hmm. you're, you're right, it does create this environment where, and I mention this and I bring it up because it's really important, you know, California has architecture. We're, we have earthquakes, right? But if you drive through the canyons, you'll see houses on stilts. And it's sort of like this, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute, right? Colorado, it's amazing. You drive through and you see these amazing homes like built into the rock face and, and on the cliffs. And uh, Kim, I think I mentioned to you, uh, that I always love driving from from Denver out to to Winter Park because we get to pass the house from Bananas from Woody Allen's Bananas. The, what'd you call it? The Spaceship House, uh-huh. Flying Saucer House, the Flying Saucer House. And so there is there is architecture built into all of these different areas that were not meant necessarily. If there's a fire, it's going to be really hard to go in and save it. And I'm just curious how a community because it has to be something that is at the front side of the conversation. You can't ignore it. You have to, you have to account for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think be, the, the sprinkling of the buildings and the building materials that we have to use has, has gone a long way to get us prepared. And just the, there's a map for the Aspen area, the Picking County area that is like moderate and high and extreme wildfire danger zones. And if you're in, depending on which zone you're in, it gives the architect a, a much bigger task of creating the whole exterior being, it can't be fireproof, but it has to be fire resistant materials and, and doing all the landscaping that keeps all the fire fuel much further away from the house. So it's, a, we've been thinking about it for a long time, but the Glenwood Canyon fire that was mentioned last year was um, very scary for everyone. And then I think it was two years ago, we had a fire that started in Basalt, this little bedroom community that's 20 miles down the road. And it went 
like both directions. It came towards Aspen, it went towards Glenwood and then over the hill to the back over towards I-70. And it was devastating. And the firefighters did an amazing job. They didn't, they lost two houses when it very first started. But I mean, it looked like Armageddon, some of the photos with this giant fire, the whole hillside coming down into one of the small towns. We thought the whole town was going to go up. And somehow the firefighters pulled off a miracle and they had the giant jets dropping that fire retardant stuff. But they, they saved the town. Um, but it really emphasized to all of us because we used to complain a little bit. Oh, we never get fires. Why do we have to do this? And it's, it's hypercritical. So let's, let's change gears a little bit um, into, into the design side. I, I, have, I have often said that I, I consider designers and architects to be futurists um, because you have to consider what design trends are gonna stick around, which ones aren't gonna make it. Um, and let's be honest, I mean, as an architect and as a builder, you're not designing things for a five-year lifespan. You know, you're designing things for 50, 75, 100 years, or even longer, if possible. You know, that's the type of lifespan that you're thinking about in these in the structures that you're building. And because, you know, design is considered by many, uh, you know, to have sort of this, uh, this temporary ephemeral effect to it, you know, where the, the style doesn't really last or wasn't built for, for the duration. I think when it comes to Colorado and the state of architecture and design, I feel like many people outside, you know, the, the 303 and your various other area codes consider it to be as many of the mountain states and mountain communities to have, you know, sort of this, this it's a cabin community or it's, it's, it's very loggy, it's very rustic, it's very, you know, and that's not necessarily the case. I have seen some, some of the most amazing modern architecture in and around Colorado. You know, you, you mentioned the historical architecture, which I think is really great because it says something when, when a community recognizes its past and protects it yet has that eye on the future so that, you know, it's, you can do both and you can do both successfully. I, I'm curious when it comes to your design and you, what you're being asked to do and what you're seeing, um, and Michael, I'll start with you. From a design standpoint, what are the influences that you're seeing now? Um, are you seeing more modern? Are you seeing uh, more, of a, more of a nod to the historical and renovation um, or kind of like a, an avant-garde spirit to seeing what's new and what's next? Um, it, it's, you know, it's kind of funny. I think for a lot of us who are, you know, maybe um, architects who are in, in charge of the design process, which, which I generally am, um, we, we get excited when somebody doesn't want to build something out of a lot of big logs and, and hand, hang antlers all over the place. I mean, to me, one of the greatest things about, about Colorado is our sun. And, and to me, um, co-joining um, the outside with the inside and bringing that living environment into sort of a, a, a space where, you know, in the summer, our summers are perfect. I mean, one of the reasons they say we come here for the winters, but we stay for the summers, um, letting that outside in. And, and if we're going to let the sun in, we need windows. 
And that means, so one of the things my company is known for, as well as new construction and design, is what I call extreme remodels, where, you know, you look at something that was designed 25 years ago, and it's got a lot of smaller windows, and probably the roof overhangs are wrong, and pretty much it's facing the wrong direction. It doesn't, it looks like it, it, it doesn't even, the house doesn't know where the view is. And we come in, and the first thing I want to do is open that thing up. I, I want to open up the inside, and I, I want to use some steel and and, um, and and get that view, find that view, bring that sun in, um, and, and make that house, you know, feel like on the inside and out. You know, that's the reason I'm in Colorado, because I'm, I'm in this house that celebrates um, keeping me safe and warm, but also celebrates the natural environment that I'm in. So um, uh, big thumbs up to more contemporary modern design is, as far as I'm concerned. And also the lovely tension between, you know, what we consider historic and iconic and natural with, you know, this sort of man-made thing that pays homage to all of that stuff. That's a really good point. Uh, Kim, observations? I would, I would totally agree with Michael. I've seen from being in Steamboat and a kid, a lot of the architecture was the cabins and then the bigger homes started looking like lodges. They all had to have that ski lodge that you would see either in the Adirondacks or at the base of a ski area with the giant logs and the rocks and um, I think a lot of that just felt very heavy. And even if they had some glass, it was still that heavy architecture. And um, what I've seen in the last decade, and it's been very exciting for me to design, is far more modern, with clean lines, and like Michael said, huge windows. And you face them to the south, so you get that nice sunshine and warmth, and you get to take advantage of the huge views. Um, and I think it's an interesting it's an interesting balance going from these heavy log homes and then the kind of the more mountain that's a little softer and lighter than that. And going to the, we went kind of swung way to very extreme modern concrete glass and steel, which I think is fascinating and great to look at. But so many clients are like, Ooh, I just want to look at pictures of that because it's not comfortable to live in. It's too harsh. The, all the straight lines and the minimalism is looks great in a photograph but you can't live in a space like that and have it always look great. So we've come back from that a little bit to have a little softer modern approach where you still have the huge views and the big glass, but some of the interior finishes and furnishings are much softer and much more comfortable. So it's a more of an organic, kind of a combination of the organic and the, the extreme contemporary. And for me, it's been a really fun process to kind of push that modern edge but bring it back to where people really like the space because it just makes them feel cozy and safe, but it also a little bit adventurous because they're always looking out at the mountains and maybe pushing the design a little bit compared to what their neighbors did. It seems to be a lot of that going on with like, well, I want, I have a client that bought the other half of a duplex of his best friend. And he said, I know you redid that one. I want my side just to be cooler than his. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot yeah. of that sort of thing. Let's just make it a little, push it a little farther than the last person. And then you still have to stay within all your codes and restrictions. And we as architects and Aspen get a little frustrated because of the way they count floor areas. You can't have any like real big overhangs and things like that and make kind of the contemporary modern moves because it eats into your floor area allotment. And it's just 
the cost per square foot doesn't allow for you to waste anything on cool looks and a really great structure. So we, we have a lot of challenges, but that just kind of gives you one more piece of the puzzle that you have to work in. And it's been a really fun thing. That's really, that's really interesting. I didn't even, even consider that. Um, with a couple of minutes that we have left, I, I want to ask you both to kind of take your, uh, take out your crystal balls here for, for a minute and to look into them deeply. Uh, because I'm, I'm curious, you know, as everyone looks at their communities now, and I, I think, you know, you can look at where we are and just look back, you know, Michael, you probably can relate to this. Uh, at the end of 0809, we had this financial disaster, this crisis, which actually served, you know, I kind of envision it the same way that you, that you envision a lightning strike and a forest fire. You know, it kind of, it kind of emptied things out and it made way for new growth. And what we've gone through in the last 10 months, 11 months, has really, I mean, that was a massive lightning strike. And it, it basically reset and cleared out. I mean, think about it, it's every category. It's work, it's home, it's school, it's sports, it's life, it's everything. At the center of that is home. Because if you can't be safe and comfortable at home, there is no other option. And with that, it has caused people from coast to coast in the U.S. and globally, really, but coast to coast in the U.S., because that's really what we're looking at, to sort of redefine how they want to live and where they want to be and who they want to be. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to being who you want to be, there's a couple of places in the world where you can go. And since we're focusing on the US, you know, you got New York, because if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. You've got California, which is traditionally where everybody came to sort of burn their old selves and reinvent themselves and regrow. You've got Texas, which is the wild, wild west, where if you want to try something, that's where you go. Then you got Colorado, you know, where when you want to go be alone or be with people and still be alone and be adventurous and, and try the mountain man or mountain woman side of you, that's where you go, which makes you a primary destination for where many people are coming. And so I wanted you to sort of take the crystal ball out and, and gaze into it a little bit and, and sort of give me your best, even if it's outside of Aspen, outside of, you know, your, your primary area and around De Denver, sort of what is, what are the next few years hold for the state of Colorado as it relates to um, specifically, you know, design and architecture, not just residential, but, you know, residential, commercial, industrial, uh, office space, you know, how is all of, how are all of those millions of feet of office space in the state of Colorado going to be either reabsorbed, reused, reevaluated, reimagined, or, you know, canned and start again. You know, what, is, what does this look like for the state of Colorado? Um, Michael, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, well, we, uh, we're, you know, up here in the mountains and um, I'm, I, I'll speak to, to what I think is going to be happening 
you know, we talked a little bit about, um, about people in the front range, the Denver area, uh, north to Fort Collins, south to Pueblo, where, you know, we have two, two and a half million people living. Um, you know, more of those people want to move up to where we are than ever before. Um, but Aspen and Summit County, you know, our density is getting, is, 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 is pretty much um, as much as it can be down Valley from Aspen, you know, that's, you know, where some of the growth has been. And what we're seeing in Summit County is that, that um, Park County and Chafee County, um, Salida was recently featured and I think it was either the New York Times or, or um, the Wall Street Journal is, is a place where people who are telecommuting from Google had ended up. So we're seeing these, and, and this is what I love about Colorado, we are, um, we are a state of communities and there's so many unique and individual places. And we're seeing some of the places that really were just the dot on the map now because of their location and because they are in a neighborhood or in an area which where people can feel safe and at home. That's maybe where the action is, is, is going. We are actually, um, you know, we're used to, in, in, in our neck of the woods, whether it be Aspen or Summit County, often housing, some of the projects we're working on um, cost millions of dollars, but you know, not everybody can afford that. So if you wanna move out of Denver and maybe you have a lot less money of that, where you're gonna go, you're probably gonna end up um, in a mountain community that doesn't have you know, the, the high price sticker um, of, of a, a Summit County or especially <laughs> an Aspen. Um, so that's, you know, that's my prediction is that, that um, Denver is going to be um, seeing some, some people leave and maybe move to the mountains. And when they move to the mountains, they're going to be moving into smaller communities and they're going to be telecommuting um, in some way, shape or form. And it, it's going to be kind of a little bit of a ruralization, if that's a word uh, that happens over the next 10 years. So it's a word now. It is a word now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kim, thoughts? I I think in the like in the Denver and the surrounding area of Denver, with all of the office buildings and so much of people being able to work from home, even part time or full time, and now that owners and bosses have figured out that they're getting good work from their people and they can work from home their costs go way down. So they're going to, I've heard a lot of people saying, we're never going back to a real office. We're going to have people stay at home and work. And um, so I'm thinking that a lot of the office spaces, in my mind, it seems like a good idea because so many people are moving to Denver and have been for the last decade. And so many people are trying to move to Colorado and the mountains that a lot of those office spaces could be repurposed into great housing where they could even have, you know, part of the building could have all the recreational stuff, the gyms and the spas and all of that, but they could also have little businesses in there and they could have little shared office space conference rooms where people could work in their house, their apartments most of the time, they have to have a real meeting, they could be in those spaces. So I think there's a huge opportunity coming for that sort of repurposing of those sorts of places. Um, and just with what's been going on in Aspen for the last eight to 10 months, when COVID first came along, everybody was like, oh, nobody's gonna, we're all gonna run out of work. 
And every designer, architect, builder, craftsperson I know is as busy as they have ever been. It's just the market is on fire. Everything is selling for outrageous numbers. And so now speaking with one of my consultants earlier today, we were talking about people are like getting in line now to get architectural services and get their things done and getting a permit in Aspen. I'm not sure how it is in Summit County, Michael, but here it can take up to a year to get a permit. And it's so between the time you purchase something, get all the design work done, get through all the hoops, submit your permit application and then wait. It's up over a year before you start construction. So I think this ballet is going to be very busy for the next probably five years, just catching up. Yeah, it's it, it's it's so funny you say that. It's it's absolutely amazing, and and that's that's what I've been hearing is, and it's interesting too. You know, if anyone doesn't believe this, who's hearing it? I mean, I think most people will, but call up and just for fun, see how long it will take you to have a pool installed. Because right now, pool installations are running into 2022, and I, it it doesn't even matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's ubiquitous, um, and design services, which I think is great. Um, this was fantastic. I, I really appreciate, uh, your ideas, your thoughts and, and the information. It's really fascinating. And, um, the, the wellness and design thought leadership series was, was created to, to talk to people like you, um, and to find out what's happening you know, in and around the country, where we're, we're not often talking, you know, about the design and architecture, but there's some amazing things happening in Colorado. And um, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you very much for, for making the time today. Of course. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. Michael Rath, Kim Raymond, thank you very much. Um, thank you, Thermosol, for presenting this. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Kim, Michael, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for your continued support of Convo by Design. Thank you, Thermosol, for presenting the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. And thank you for listening. Without you, seriously, what's the point? If you're not already a subscriber to the show, uh, curious, what are you waiting for? It's easy. You can find Convo by Design everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Ask your smart speaker to play Convo by Design. And it will. It's really that easy. Follow along on the socials and check out our YouTube channel for videos from some of your favorite episodes, like this one from Thermosol's Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series. Thanks again for listening. Be well. And until next week, keep creating. Mm-hmm.